I'd like to tell you, I'd like to be able to tell you that I prepared a message, but I, I didn't. I, uh, <laughs> I received a message, though. I didn't, I, you know, sometimes you prepare. Sometimes you prepare. God gives you a message, and you, you work it, you know. You, he gives you one little thought, and you, you work it, right, pastors? I mean, you just, you, you work on it, and you, you, you collect thoughts, and you put them together. And then sometimes... You just start to pray, and it's just like this download comes. And those are everybody's favorite, of course. And yet, at the same time, you feel very responsible to say what God said and not what you developed in a message. And so I feel responsible to give you the word of the Lord tonight. So, prende, I'm going to pray. Father, thank you. That as I deliver this message, as I deliver this message, that you will do more than just uh, speak a word. You'll impart something that allows the word that is alive and active and full of power to be operative, to be effectual in this place. And that with the word comes a grace to walk in to move into it, to grab hold of it, to receive it and believe it. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say concerning kingdom awakening, your storage places are about to burst. Your storage places are about to burst. I, I heard him say, your worship has come before me as sweet incense, but it's at a tipping point. Your prayers and your tears have all been collecting, collecting up, and they're at a tipping point. You've been giving and giving, and it shall be given back to you, but you're at the tipping point. You've been preaching and teaching and prophesying from this house, and there are still those that are hungry. Even with all that you've preached and all that you've prophesied and all that you've instructed and taught from this place, there are still those that are hungry, but if I could encourage you that are hungry, from John 7, verse 37 through 38, Jesus and his disciples have been feasting for several days, eating the best, drinking the best. And he turned to him and he said, anybody still hungry? After all you've eaten here, after all you've drank here, are you still hungry? And then he said, because if you are, then out of your belly will begin to flow rivers of living water. And said this, he spoke of the Spirit, which had not yet been given. He was talking about something that was still to come. But he was saying, you're just not going to get filled from taking in and 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 taking in anymore. 
you're going to be filled because you're going to begin to pour it out. That overflow, that overflow that begins to pour, that exceedingly and above, more than you could dare ask or think, doesn't come from what you just take in. It comes from what you give out. And you as a church and we as a body are moving into an hour where it's not going to be about the next great sermon we hear. It's going to be about what we have digested of the Word of God and regurgitated, maybe brought up and down like a cow meditating on it to the point where the revelation has come and it's yours now. It's not pastor's revelation. It's your revelation. And you've got a hold of it and it's real to you. And now out of the abundance of your heart, you go to speak and you can't help but leak. When they told those disciples, you just have to stay quiet now. I don't want you preaching anymore in this name. They said, whether we should obey you or obey God, we can't help. But we can't help but to tell. We just can't help it. We're so full of it. We're so full of it that we have to give it out. You know, all my life, people told me I was full of it. And finally, and now, in this hour, I am full of it. And I know how to stay full of it. Because it says you can stay full of it by speaking to yourselves and to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, being ever filled and stimulated by the power of God. I mean, when's the last time you called someone and said, hey, you want to go for a cup of coffee and some psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? Come on. Well, you ought to be doing it. Because we don't even just get it in our prayer closet for just you and just me between me and God. But it's to give to one another. It's to encourage one another. It's to build one another up in our most holy faith. The tipping point. The tipping point. What you've sown is grown, he said. Just remember, you got to guard your heart against judgments and criticism because as you give them, they're giving back too. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Sometimes you just have to check when everybody's coming against you and you're feeling all those emotions and rejections and attitudes. What about what's been sowing? What's been growing? And we have to stop and cut that off because we want our lives to flourish like watered gardens, well-watered gardens that never fail to meet the demand. That no matter how many times a squeeze is put on you, there's always a flow. There's always a river. And I love the Ezekiel chapter where it talks about stepping into that river because it says if you'll step in first, maybe just to your ankles, you know. That's probably how most of you started at Kingdom Awakening. You just, you just came in to get ankle deep. You just thought you'd come to a special service. Maybe a guest speaker or something, you know. And you sat in the very back row. You got in ankle deep, but you felt the cool waters. Have you ever been in the Atlantic Ocean in the summertime? We used to call it a popsicle freeze when we lived on Cape Cod in our feet. We couldn't understand how our little boys could go out there until they turned blue. And we would just step in ankle deep, and we were refreshed. That's all it took. We were blessed, refreshed. And if you ever got in up to your knees, oh, my goodness, whoo-wee, that was refreshing. But you get up to your loins, and you can have an encounter with God. <laughs> Get up to your loins and then over your head. 
waters to swim in. Waters to swim in. And then he said that the waters will begin to carry you out. They'll begin to carry you out. And you, you, you have been carried out. How many of you have ever been carried out of here? <laughs> or someplace like it? I've had to be carried out now and that. I remember the nights being carried out. I remember one of the first nights I was carried out. <laughs> we were meeting in an upstairs sanctuary. We called it the upper room. And I was the pastor's wife. And I, I remember when, when I was gently slain in the spirit. And I, I remember that out of my belly began to flow a river. And it started out with tears. You know, I, I had been experiencing some real bad symptoms in my body. And I was just so overwhelmed. Like, God, what's wrong with me? And I received a touch from God that night. And he said, I'm going to lift the care off of you. That's what's causing what's happening in your body. I'm going to lift the care off you. But when he did it, I, I began to cry and cry and cry and cry. And I thought, i got to stop this crying because I'm the pastor's wife. And if I keep crying like this, they're going to think my husband's beating me. And, and, and I tried to kind of quench it, you know, because I, I don't want to cry like this in front of all these people. And, and, and then I began to experience something I had never experienced before. I, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know what holy rollers were until that night when my body just started rolling back and forth in the tears. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I, I'm so embarrassed. I, I, I need to get up. I, I need to be more dignified. I'm the pastor's wife. And then if I thought I was embarrassed because I was crying, I hadn't seen anything because just about that time, my mourning turned to joy. And I started laughing as hysterically as I had been crying. Not just, I was like, ah! And then it was, <laughs> my kid said I sound like a seagull. I, thought, I, th I think it's because I got to go build on Cape Cod. <laughs> and that night, oh, it's a story, but that night I laid in the glory and God moved and suddenly I heard people packing up things and I thought, have I missed the entire service? And they came over to me with my purse and my Bible and said, you, you, you get her purse, I'll get her Bible. We'll get her to the stairs. And I got to those stairs. I, I, I looked down the stairs and I thought, that's a long way down those stairs. And I did what I thought any sane, practical person would do. I sat down on my behind. I bounced down the stairs. And I ended up at the bottom of the steps and couple of ushers put me in the car and somebody drove me home and I didn't hardly know what happened to me until I started getting close to home and I started sobering up a bit and realizing that all of our guest speakers were coming to my house. I had prepared Mexican food for, for an afterglow. But you see what was going on in my body was that I had a stomach full of ulcers. Root cause, worry and care. And I couldn't even dare to eat chili or hot sauce. 
I had to steer clear of it. So my food prepared was very bland, and all the sauces were sitting there for others to add to their plate. But I came home so convinced I'd been touched by the power of God that I just sat there and chased my nachos with a bottle of hot sauce. I drank the whole thing before the guests got there. I woke up the next morning completely and totally healed, and they can't find any sign that I ever had an ulcer. When God touches your life in ways and he, he, he gets you in over your head, he said everywhere you go, the river will flow and life will flow. The double river, he calls it. The, the river of life that comes from the Word and the Spirit. You know, a lot of people like to experience the Spirit, but, but they forget the Word. And without the two of them flowing together, you can't get out solidly into the deep and, and remain stable and fixed in God. You need the double spirit, and everywhere that river goes, there will be life for every dead thing. And it's going to flow through you and I in the days that are to come. We're at the tipping point. You're at the tipping point. I don't know. I, I, I told Tori, I said, I don't know. I, I just heard in my spirit, I'm riding up here. We're, we're driving along. It's taken us longer than we thought to get here. We're like, wow, this is busy down here. We're up from the country. I said, wow, look at all these people down here in the city. And I just heard the Lord say, there'll be a song that will come about the tipping point. So I'm just making room for it. The tipping point. Let's just begin to sing. And see what the Lord brings about the tipping point. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. While she's stirring her spirit, I just want to tell you this is one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> When I was growing and learning about the things of the Spirit, I was working with Vicki Jamison Peterson, a powerful healing and miracle evangelist. She sang healings. I've never had a voice. Even my children would say, Mama, Mama, please don't sing. Please don't sing. But I've always had a song. And she would have me up there on the platform, and she would sing out these glorious prophetic utterances. And then she would turn to me in the front row, and she'd go, and I'd look down to the ground very religiously. I don't see her. I don't see this. But sometimes she'd catch my eye and I, I would feel this compulsion to come. And it would draw me. And I'd stand up. And as soon as I would step up toward her, the words would come. And I used to think, that must be so much fun being on that side of it. <laughs> and now that I'm 70, I stand up and say, <laughs> the tipping point. Oh, you make a tipping point, Lord. You can't hold back anymore. You can't hold back anymore. You have to pour. You have to pour. Your people have given and given. They've prayed and prayed. They've stood. They've stood. They've 
extended themselves over and over and over again. And you can't withhold. You withhold no good thing from those that walk uprightly. You've brought this people to a tipping point. It's a now word. It's for tonight. It's for a now time. It's not something that's coming. It's not something that's ahead. It's something that's begun to be set in motion as the word has gone forth. It's a tipping point. And all you have to do is receive. All you have to do is believe. And you'll come into that. Oh, no more, no, no, say, say, no more trying to get there. No more trying to accomplish something. No more trying to release more. No, just the door is open now for the tipping point. So you can walk in it. You can have it. You can have it now. You can have it now. You can have it right now. It's that exceedingly and abundantly more, Alicia. It's that exceedingly and abundantly more. More than you would dare to do. Dare to ask her thing. To dare, dare him. Dare him. Dare him. Do you dare to believe? Do you dare? Do you dare? Oh, he took your dare. He's taking your dare. You go ahead and dare him. Dare him to bless you abundantly. Dare him to open the windows of heaven and pour out of his spirit. Dare him to restore your family. Dare him. It's going to do above and beyond. It's way beyond what you could ask or think. It's exceedingly beyond what you would dare to believe. If you'll just receive. You'll just receive. If you'll just receive. You know, on our property in Guilford, there are a lot of perennial gardens. <laughs> They've taught me so much about the power of a seed. Personally, I always wanted perennial gardens. I didn't know anything about them, about the care of them. I just loved the fact that there were these beautiful flowers that came back year after year. And when I got out in those gardens and started working them, I realized that they were multiplying from the first year to the next. When I got there, I didn't realize that, but the next year they were getting bigger and they had to be separated, and they had, I learned, I began to grow, and my understanding of them, but I, 
But these perennial gardens, they, they would just keep producing and multiplying. And the Lord began to speak to me about my seeds through the years, the times when I, yeah, literally tried to grow perennial gardens in Texas of all places, in the clay. And nothing seemed to produce. And I thought, I spent so much money, Lord, on these perennial gardens, and they're just nothing but periwinkles. And a few knock-em-dead roses. Of all the plants that I bought, that was about the only thing that survived. And he just said to me, Barbara, you don't always reap in the season you sow. I thought that was amazing that all those years ago, when I planted the perennial gardens in Texas, I didn't get any produce from them. But here I was as the snow began to melt over the sanctuary grounds. I didn't know we bought the property under four feet of snow. I didn't know there were five huge estate gardens of perennials. And I didn't know that the first Sunday I visited a local church that a little four foot ten lady was going to come up to me and say, you don't know me, but I know you. And in 1981, when you did daily television into New England, I used to watch you every day. And she said, it just changed my life. I think I can help you now. She just happens to own the Bosco and Black Forest Nursery and spent hours and hours coming to our home, teaching us about the perennial gardens, donating flowers so that the gardens there could look beautiful all summer long and decorating for fall and decorating for Christmas and decorating it. A seed that I sowed so long ago that produced harvest in this time. And the Lord just said to me, you've got those kind of seeds. And you've almost forgotten that you've got harvest, that you've got something to draw from. There's sometimes when you forget that you have laid up your treasure in heaven where moth and dust is not corrupt and thieves don't break in and steal. But it's not laid up like a broken leg. It's not inaccessible. All you have to do is go to your heavenly bank account. Say, God, I'm in need of some cash right now. I'm in need of some harvest right now. You know, Steve and I have actually learned we write withdrawal checks from our bank of heaven. We always include more than what we need to pay things and take care of things because we want to be able to be tithers and givers and be generous. So we always ask God if we need 15, we ask for 20. And those are thousands. And we just ask God, and he brings it from the north, the south, the east, and the west, because we've got harvest that has been producing 30, 60, and 100-fold all these years, better than any investment you could have possibly made over the course of your lifetime. And there it is, just stored up, waiting for you. And I know there's probably a lot of people in this room that are retired and you're drawing off your 401ks and whatever you have. We just didn't happen to invest in that way, but we did in the kingdom. And you know what? We're living our 70s and plenty because of our investments. They've all grown and they've all been protected by the presence of the living God to produce over the years. They've never gone down. They've only gone up. Never had a slack. Never had a recession with any of it. Seed. Seed, seed. Over and over, God's word is referred to as seeds. In James 1.21, he calls it an incorruptible seed that has the power in it to save your souls. 
thank God we're saved and born again, but I would challenge you tonight. You probably have a little soul saving that no could happen. <laughs> I know I do. There's things in your soul that need to be saved and delivered from sin's dominion. Harassing thoughts and torments that come your way. The power is in the Word. The power is in the Word. You're New Englanders, and I hope you love it here, and I hope you love snow. But if you don't, I'm going to challenge you tonight from Isaiah 55, verse 11. Because if you understand that just like rain and snow come down from the heavens and return not there again, but water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, you'll really understand that so shall his word go forth. And it will go out of your mouth and it will not return to God void without producing the effect. You're useless, but it will accomplish that which you please and purpose. And it will prosper in the way that you sent it. He's wanting us to understand and know that his word has got power in it. Not only to save your souls, but to produce. To produce. And your pastor said it already tonight. Get that word out. Declare the word. Speak the word. I can tell you after 50 years of knowing Christ that the most powerful thing I've ever known is the power of speaking God's word, of praying God's word, of declaring God's word, of meditating in his word. Read on in that chapter in Isaiah 55, and you'll read on, and it will tell you about how, how that uh, uh, instead of the thorn, the that the cypress tree will begin to come up and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. I'm telling you what, the word of God will grow and overtake all the old stuff that you've dealt with in your past. It'll grow up and become greater. It's greater. 50 years ago I had a drug addiction, but today it's so much greater what the word has done in me. You know, 50 years ago I had a lot of addictions. I had a lot of soul saving that needed to be done. But you know, the word just has grown up and it's become greater. I don't ever get nervous that, geez, I'm going to really be tempted when I get out of here tonight to go get high. No, I don't even think about anything like that. Don't even think about it anymore. Why? Because the word of God has renewed my mind. I have a fresh mental and spiritual attitude now. The greater the word is grown up and become greater and it will do the same for you. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, we are fellow workmen. We are joint promoters, laborers together with and for God. And we are God's garden and his field under cultivation. Did you know that you are the garden and you are also the fellow laborer? God isn't going to do it for all for you and you can't do it on your own. He said, you're going to have to work with me. You're going to have to tend your garden. You're going to have to keep the gates. Not only does he invite us to work with him, but we are that field. And we're going to have to keep the gates. You know, when we had a farm, uh, we had not a farm, we had a garden on Cape Cod. We had young children and we wanted to show them the power of the seed to grow. So we planted the green beans and the tomatoes and the lettuce and all the different vegetables and we would go out there every day and check, and they were getting so excited because it was almost time to pick the green beans. I still remember they were getting so plump, but we thought, let's just give them one more night. Just one more night in the garden. 
and they'll get into the fullness. But that night, some little quitters came in, little rabbits, and they ate our beans. And I was so disappointed. And I thought to myself, Lord, how many times do we sow and work and work and tend and water and weed? And then all of a sudden, a critter gets in and tries to steal your harvest. And then we learned to put up a little fence around the garden where the critters couldn't get in, right? And that's what we have to learn to do in the realm of the spirit. We have to learn to guard our ear gates and our eye gates. We have to learn to guard our hearts because out of it flows the issues of life. You have to begin to guard. You don't let yourself listen to just anything. You don't let yourself watch just anything. You say, oh, it doesn't affect me. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. And you got to do the same thing when you're training your children to know how to guard their little hearts and how to guard their eyes and how to guard their ears. Because you will never control what comes out of your mouth from your mouth. You can only control what comes out of your mouth. Oh, I know. A man's moral self must be filled with the fruit of his own lips, whether it's satisfied, whether for good or evil, with what he speaks. But you're never going to control your mouth from your mouth. It's got to be controlled from the heart. Because it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Excellent and princely things. The opening of your lips is for right things. Your mouth utters truth. Wrongdoing is detestable in your sight. But it's out of the abundance of the heart. So your heart is where the forces of life come from. But you can be full. You can be full. Scripture tells you, be ever filled. Be ever filled. Don't be drunk on cheap wine. He said, drink huge droughts of him. He didn't say we couldn't drink. He said, just drink huge droughts of me. Just go ahead, have all you want. I'm German. Let's, you know, let's go. Lift up the steins, you know. Let's go. Let's have on. Because we can drink huge droughts of him and never be inebriated to the place where we don't aren't conscious of God. As a matter of fact, you'll get so filled and so saturated that any way you're squeezed, any way you're pushed, any way your, you know, pressure is put on you, you just squeeze out the presence of a living God. But now the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks those excellent and princely things. You're going to speak the word. You're going to have a choice. Yeah, you're going to have a choice. You're going to say, oh, man, this happened today. That happened today. Oh, man. Well, you just choose today, life or death, blessing or cursing. How do you do that? Choose the word. Choose the word. Choose to speak the word. Choose to override. Choose to put in the seed that's going to grow up and become greater than the briars and the thorns. Choose to plant the seed for the cypresses and the myrtle trees. Choose to abide in the word and let his word abide in you. Because if you do, he said you will bear much fruit. It won't be because you're strong. Seen a tomato? Have you ever have you got close to a garden and heard a tomato grunt? Didn't you ever hear a tomato grunting out in the garden, <laughs> trying to produce? No, all they do is just abide in the vine. 
they just stay on the vine. I mean, once you pluck it off the vine, it doesn't have any chance to grow. But I mean, while it's on the vine, John 15 says, if you'll do the same thing, you won't have to struggle and strain. You won't have to try to love people. Oh, my God, when I was a newborn believer, I tried so hard. I had this one girl that roomed with me from New York City. I roomed with 15 different girls. I was a bridesmaid 15 different times. It got old. None of these girls knew how to do anything. They didn't know how to cook. They didn't know how to clean. I was the country girl. My mother had me up every Saturday morning at 7 to clean the house. These girls came from New York City. They had maids. You'd send them out to the garden to pick a tomato. They'd come in with a whole vine. You'd ask them to cook something. They couldn't boil water. And, oh, I get so frustrated because I was in the flesh, you know. I was a newborn believer. I had all this flesh hanging out all over the place, you know. <laughs> and they would make me so mad. Oh, I get mad at those girls. And they were always bringing in a, a puppy. They'd find some stray dog or cat on the street. They'd always bringing them in. And then the, the dog or cat, you know, you've got a house full of 15 girls. You can imagine all the stuff that they would throw up on the floor. Getting in all the trash and all that. You know, they say, oh. I just thought I'd turn my stomach to have to pick that up. Well, turn my stomach too, but somebody had to do it, right? Then I'd be mad. But I started abiding. I started abiding. I, I, I realized the first time, I remember the first time that I actually felt the love of God come through me. I still remember how distinct it was. But I found I, I felt myself being kind. And it was almost like a, I wanted to look like, is that masked woman? Have you ever looked, just gotten beside yourself and just looked over and thought, who is that person that's so generous? Who's so kind? You fall in love with that person, don't you? You know, I've got one of those shirts that says, when you can choose, you can, what does it say, honey? If you can choose to be anything, choose to be kind. If you have a choice, you know, but you can't make those choices unless you have the power of God's word working in you, unless you're abiding in the vine. But if you are, the fruit starts to pop out. It just comes from abiding the vine. All of a sudden, it starts popping out, popping out. And then everybody starts picking on you. Start bearing fruit. Everybody wants to hang around with you. Just like, can you pray for me? Can you do this? Can you pick me up from here? Can you take care of this? And can you? One day I said, Lord, I just feel like everybody's picking on me. He said, they're picking on you because you have fruit. Isn't that what you wanted? Isn't that what you want for people to pick on you? They're going to pick on you if you don't have any fruit. But if you have fruit, they'll start picking on you. Do you want your fruit to just fall on the ground and rot? Or do you want somebody to pick on it? Do you want to be so full of God that, that you just brush by people in the grocery store and, and they are like, what just happened? Who is that? That there's something exudes from you? You don't just come in here and get filled with the Holy Ghost so that you can go out like, Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. If you don't get any other book, get filled to spill. It'll challenge you. We're not having all this revival outpouring. We're not drinking in of all this Holy Ghost just so that we can have goosebumps. It's so that we're so filled that we can't help but to spill. It's not work. It's not like, ugh. 
boring. Are you getting anything, Alicia? No, it's just so easy. Just so easy, just hanging out. It's like, wow. I just felt like when I was with her, there was just a presence. I just got at peace. I was all upset when I went to get coffee with Alicia, but after spending an hour with her, I just feel at such peace. I, I, I don't know, Kaylee. I, I was just, you know, I was angry about this and that, but I just went and spent some time with Kaylee. And just all dis, just dispelled it. Just dispelled it. And the next thing I know, I was praying for that person that I was upset with. Just because you got close to the anointing. And that anointing destroys yokes. The Word. The Word and the Spirit working together. Working together. Working together. Always working together. We're challenged to watch out for one another. We're challenged to make sure we're guarding and and keeping an eye on one another. Making sure that we're putting courage in. That's what encourage is. is you, You take courage and you put it into people. Put courage into them. And I'll tell you what, there'll be a day when you need courage put into you. And there'll be somebody there calling you too, praying for you too. Fifteen years ago, I fell 12 feet from the attic and broke my back in nine places and my sternum. I was gasping for air. I, I, I couldn't pray anymore. I couldn't. inside of me I knew I knew there were people praying and I knew I could harvest even in that area of my life that all the prayers that I had prayed for others, all the times that I had stood between someone's situation and life and death, all the times that I had sent his word to heal and to deliver from every pit of destruction, all the times that I had believed were coming back to me in harvest during that time and when nobody thought I would pull through I knew I knew I knew I was going to live and not die and I knew I wasn't going to just live but I was going to really live they said you probably won't be able to stand and do what you did anymore you probably won't be able to be on your feet like that you probably won't be able to you probably won't be able you probably won't be able to but God and I still remember the night that I insisted that my husband go to church. You haven't been to church in three weeks. And you go tonight. He said, I'm not leaving you alone. I said, I'll be fine. I'll just take the pain medication, go to bed, and when you get home, just check in with me and get me up then. I'll stay right in bed. I won't try to get up. He said, you can't be alone. You know, I said, I, I, I won't get up. So go ahead and go. And there was a wonderful healing evangelist there that night. And All the time that he was preaching, he, he was praying for people and praying over prayer cloths and such. And you know, a congregation of 2,500 people have been praying for me every day, 24-7 prayer. But that night, he prayed over a prayer cloth, which which actually was just a Kleenex. They didn't have any more cloths, so he just took a Kleenex and poured some oil on it and prayed under the anointing over that Kleenex. And my husband brought it home to me all excited. He said, Barbara, best, the evangelist prayed for you tonight. And he sends you this prayer cloth, and he gives me this wad of Kleenex, all dosed with oil, kind of wadded up, you know. He hands it to me, and I was like, just put it right here, and I stuck it down my nightgown. 
next morning I just woke up talking like this? And yet it was months before I was totally able to do what I do now. But God gave me my miracle where I needed it. Even the doctor said to me, you know, so many people that fall off ladders, so many people that have a fall like that, they survive the fall, but they don't survive the aftermath because the lungs congest with a broken sternum. So God gave me the miracle where I needed, and I walked it out. I just walked out to the day where I could stand again and walk again and preach again and talk again and as fast as any New Englander can. The work grows up and it becomes greater. Things don't always happen overnight. Oh, how I wish they would. But the power is in the Word. And when you dose it with the Holy Ghost, the presence of God, the saturation of the Holy Spirit that you have in this place, you just can't fail. The Word will not and cannot return void. I love what Paul said in Philippians 1.19 from prison. He said these words from prison. I am fully persuaded and assured that indeed through your prayers and a bountiful supply of the Spirit of Christ, this will turn out for the preservation of my spiritual health and welfare of my soul and the saving work of the gospel. Through your prayers and a supply of the Spirit, we can make a difference. We can make a difference when we speak that word. Our prayers are moving things along, and that's what I want to get to as I close about you tonight. Your prayers are moving things along. In verse 17 of 2 Corinthians, it says, For our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hours, ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory exceedingly surpassing all comparisons and calculations of vast and transcendent glory since we consider and look not at the things seen but things that are unseen for the things that are seen are visible, are temporal, they're brief and they're fleeting but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting since we look not at things seen which are temporal Sometimes when you're in your buildings, as we are tonight, and you know that you're growing and it's time, and you sense that it's time for change and for growth and for move, I've seen it over and over again through the years how congregations had to outgrow it in the spirit and not just in the natural it's not about just, oh, we don't have room for the kids anymore. Oh, we don't have enough seats for all the people coming. No, we're too big on the inside to hold us in this place. We are enlarged in our waiting seasons. Romans 8 says, just like a pregnant woman, he said, just like a pregnant woman, we are enlarged in the waiting we are enlarged. You're getting bigger on the inside. You know, when I came to Christ, I weighed 285 pounds. I want to just paint a picture for you. 285 pounds, hair down to my waist, riding motorcycles, Harleys. They call me Big Mama. 
And in my hometown of upstate New York where blizzards came in over Lake Ontario, it often happened that those nor'easters would blow in and someone would slip in the ditch after hours at night. And you know who they called? Big Mama. They called Big Mama. Big Mama, can you come help us get out of this ditch? And I would use my weight. They'd get in that car, start revving it and back, you know, rolling it back. What do they call that when they do that? Rocking it? Rocking it, you know, back and forth. And I'd get my backside up underneath that bumper along with a couple of the guys, you know, and we would just move that thing right up out of the ditch. Big Mama's come to the rescue. You know what? I don't have that kind of strength in the natural anymore. But I got it in the spirit. You know how I got it? Not looking at things seen that are temporal, they're fleeting, they're passing away. Keeping our eyes on the eternal. And I don't pretend that I've arrived because I'm living it today. Right now, today, when I came down here today, I had to look away from things seen that are temporal and fleeting and passing away and keep my eyes on the eternal because it works in you a weight of glory. It's working in you a weight of glory. And when you need to put your weight up against somebody who's in the ditch, you'll have the strength. You'll have the strength and the power and the spirit to come alongside and pray and move things along. Honey, come here for a minute. I want, uh, you know, I kept thinking about that scripture about the under rowers and what Paul said. You know, don't call don't call us the the biggies. Call us the, the under rowers. Call us servants. Amen. He was uh, Paul had to talk to the people about their problems of division. And one would say, I'm of Paul, and I'm of this one, and I'm of that one, and I got to do it this way. I got to, you got to do it that way. That, that's not the right way. And he didn't want division in the church. We know that because Jesus taught about it, being the part of the body of Christ and working together. So in 1 Corinthians 1, 1 through 14, he talks to them about this and that they need to stop it, but they don't. You ever had that happen? You got a talking to and you... You didn't? <laughs> I mean, you got it, but you didn't get it. And so he had to talk to them again. And uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 21 through 1 Corinthians 4, 1, he addressed them and he said, addressing this matter of, of putting these ministers, what they were doing was putting these ministers up on a pedestal, up on a platform, they became these very important people, and, and the minister guy I follow is the most important. And so he said unto them that they needed to change their ways, and he said, so let us who minister, he included himself, let us who minister be regarded as servants of Christ and stewards, trustees, administrators of the ministries of God and the mysteries that he has and those that he has chosen to reveal. And it's interesting because that word ministers 
servants, we all think of ministers and, you know, great mighty men of God. But he said, us ministers are servants. And he talks a little bit about what a servant does there in that scripture that I just read. But the interesting thing is, when you look at it, that word really in the Greek is a word, huperitis. And it means, I'm an under rower. An under rower was, remember seeing those boats with all the oars coming out the side? And there'd, there'd be somebody down there banging a drum, and these guys are all chained to the oars, and they're rowing. They're in the lowest part of the boats. They're down there. They can't get up and go do anything. They're chained to the oars. They're rowing away. They're at the lowest part, the lowest people on the boat. They're not on the deck sipping mint juleps, laying out in the sun. But he said, look at us as these under rowers, these people down here. We're at the very bottom. We're slaves who row in the lowest parts of the ships. He was saying, we're the lowest. You put us up on a pedestal, but we're really just servants. We're down here. He said, uh, and, and we are those who serve. And we're there rowing away because we serve as ministers Christ. And Christ was the master pilot who would guide that ship as long as the under rowers would follow and work together. And Christ was, and of course the owner of the ship is Father God. And so often we talk about the gospel and the God, good old gospel ship that we are all on board. And so he was saying to them, we're not these people up on a pedestal acting like kings and priests, peel me grapes and feed them to me, you know. <laughs> He's saying, no, we are the workers. We are the under rowers. Don't, don't put us up here on these pedestals and say this one's better than that because we're all chained to the oars down below. We all have our ministries. We all have something that God has called us to do, each one of us, and we're all good, and, and, and we all are needed because it's part of the body. We're not all fingers, we're not all toes, we're not all hands, we're not all elbows. <laughs> He's saying all these parts are good. Just don't put them up here and say this is it. This is the number one way. This is the best. This is it. Instead, we're just servants. We're servants like you. We're just servants here to serve God and do what needs to be done. The point being is that those under rowers are getting their instructions from above. And they're keeping the pace. And they're moving things along. They're on the oars too. And I just sense in my we're just going to spend a little time praying right now to move things along because some things for Kingdom Awakening need to move along now. They need to move along. So we came tonight by invitation, but we came because I, I still got a little bit of Big Mama in me. And this is Big Daddy. And, and we're just going to help you move some things along, okay? We're going to just move. So we need you, though. We need you rowing with us. This is not this is not our show. We want you rowing with us. And let's just hear what the Spirit of the Lord might say as we pray. Maybe we can grab another. Can he grab another mic? Is there that could he be up there? Or or putting that down? They're also just stand up there, honey. Just he can come right up there. He can come right up. Whatever. Honey, she's going to give you something. 
I just want you to be able to pray along. You know, we've learned to we've learned to pray uh, to do sing alongside each other, um, but also alongside the Spirit of God. So we listen, and we're going to ask you to do the same thing tonight. Listen with one ear, and then hear what the Spirit might be saying. And we're just going to be corporate tonight. We're going to do this all together. We're going to do it all together. So we're going to prashike. We're going to process that plan, Father. We process the plan. Uh, it's in your hands. We know it's in your hands, Father. It's your plan. It's not their plan. It's not our plan. It's your plan. And the plan is in the land. And so, Father, direct them. Direct them to the land. To the land, Father. To the place. The place that has the grace upon it for this next season. That will house the glory. House yes, the glory yes, and tell yes, the stories. If they came, aha, yeah, yeah, tell it, tell it, tell it. Oh, yeah, it's time. It's go and tell time. It's show and tell time. Oh, you're gonna show. You're gonna show your power. You're gonna show your strength, and they're gonna tell it. They're gonna tell it everywhere they go. They're gonna just tell what you've shown. Direction, given direction, they move right along. Favor, favor, favor. The favor of God is out ahead of them. It's surrounding them like a shield. Yeah, so they can move into the place of darkness. They can move in. They can move into the enemy's camp. Light it. They can drop the bomb. Light it up. Get out. Light it up. Light it up. Drop the bomb in the enemy's camp. Yes, and get yes, out. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, 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 yes. Lord. Secret Monday agents. Day. Secret yeah. agents. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of secret agents here. Oh, in the realm of the spirit, moving, moving into the enemy's yeah. camp moving. and dropping moving. those bombs moving. of prayer. Moving in, moving in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blasting, yeah. blasting. EMP. You said shout grace EMP. to every mountain of human Hallelujah. obstacles. Yes. So we do it right now on the count of three. We're going to yeah. shout grace. One, two, three. Grace. will stand. Nothing will deter the plan. Nothing will thwart the plan of God. Nothing can and nothing will. Oh, Father, we will just be still. We will be still and know that you are God. Yeah, we know. We know. Yeah, the knowing. The knowing. You start showing and they start knowing and then they just anchor in. They anchor on they anchor on it, Father. They put the anchor down. They anchor in on the plan, and they won't let go. It holds. It holds. No matter what. No matter what, Father. Whatever's needed will come. Whatever's needed will come. Yeah, it'll all come. It'll all come until it's done. Yeah, yeah. One thing right after another. One miracle, miracle on miracle. A million different miracles. A million different miracles. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Thank you, Lord. all the miracles, them, all the miracles, Father. Bringing them forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In their time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in their order. 
they in a box. Miss the order. A basket. A basket of miracles, Father. Yeah, 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 Thank yeah. You. Thank All you. designed, des- divinely designed. It is. It is. It's a divine design. You have decided, Lord. Yeah, you've already you set it in motion. Yes, you've you already have. set it in motion. Yes, you have. You uh-huh. set it yeah, in motion. Yeah, yeah. It's already Hallelujah. been set in motion. Yes. Nothing can yes. stop yeah. it. M&M's. I almost brought a bag of M&M's because it's miracles in motion. Miracles in motion. You can get yourself a bag of M&M's or a bucket of M&M's. You can keep them at the back door so that everybody that comes can keep having M&M's. Miracles in motion. Miracles in motion. Miracles in motion. M&M's. Miracles in motion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So tate, hey, ta, ta, ha. Ever ready, ever ready. They're ever ready. They're ever ready. They're ever ready. They're steady and they're ever ready. And Father, I thank you that their growth on the inside is exceeding uh, the space that they're in. In the spirit, in the realm of the spirit, Father. Their growth is exceeding this place. It's breaking out the walls. It's breaking out the walls. Anything that would try to contain them. So to the left, to the right, to the north, to the south. It's breaking open. Breaking open the space. It's breaking it open, Father. And making room for you. We make room for you. For all that you want to do, we make room for you. By your spirit. (laughs) By your spirit. By your spirit. Not by might. No, not by the flesh. Not by might. But by your spirit. By your spirit. Your spirit. By your spirit. Your spirit. They will look back and they will say, It was by the spirit. Yes. It was by the spirit. Yes. It's nothing we could have possibly done. It was by the spirit. you've come to the tipping point. You're not waiting anymore. Things have gone over the edge. They've just gone over the edge. Can't can't get it back. (laughs) You can't stop it now. It's been set in motion. It's been set in motion. Chuck it, chuck it, chuck it, chuck it, chuck it. Yeah. Yeah. All aboard. <laughs> this train is moving. Hallelujah. Woo. That's right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory clouds moving. Move with the cloud. 
Move with the cloud. Move with the cloud. Follow it. Move with the cloud. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you for that anointing on him. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Yes, Lord. So, Lord, just push the boat. <laughs> we thank you, Father. Just receive. We're just going to take a moment. Just let the word just. Just receive the word and 
connected word, the incorruptible word. Isaiah 55, verse 11, one more time. Because what the Lord knows and Barbara doesn't know is that in November the Lord gave me Isaiah 55 as a word to just stand on. It was before other things had been put into motion, but he gave me this word. So shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. But I looked it up that little word void. It means it shall not be empty without fruit. So every word for every person in this room that the mouth of the Lord has spoken, that this Bible, the written word has spoken over you, it shall accomplish what the Lord pleases. And it shall prosper in the things which he has sent it. And so, God, we just step into that realm. It's that unseen realm that she was talking about. It's the unseen realm where we step into faith and fully grab hold of it. And we take it for ourselves and we receive it. It won't go empty without fruit. It shall not go empty without fruit. Let me just declare it one more time so you get it. It shall prosper and increase and go to the places where God has spoken for it to go. So, Father, we just receive corporately right now. Just take it and receive it fully. I know we've took, we, I took it personally, but I believe it's, it's a now word. It is. It's a prophetic proclamation over this place. It's a pro prophetic proclamation over your life. We take it corporately and we take it individually. And we receive the word tonight, God. We give our yes and amen that, Lord, you see fit to do with what you've spoken over us, Father, each one of us. Lord, we thank you that we step into it even now. And we take it. We possess it. Come on, just possess it. Just grab it. Grab it out of the air for yourself. Just I possess it. I receive it. We thank you for your written word. We thank you for your voice over our lives, God. And we thank you that you will do the exceedingly and abundantly over our lives. And so we rest. We rest.
Father, we just take it and we receive it. And we come into complete agreement with it. Come on, we're not leaving this. I don't feel like we're supposed to leave the moment for a minute. And just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit for one, just one minute, two minutes. Just pray in the Holy Spirit for a minute.
thank you for your servants. Lord, we just bless the Arbos tonight as they as they brought life and love and released faith in the supernatural tonight. We just bless them a hundred times, a thousand times upon their seed and their children's children. Father, we thank you. Lord, multiply. 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 Upon their lives and their ministry. Come on, just breathe them in. Them out, and that's all you need. I'm telling you. Thank you. 